Welcome to A Life Designed. My name is Tina Heisman. I help teach busy moms how to get everything done and still have time and energy for themselves. And my passion, what's really in my heart, is for helping women create more heart-to-heart -heart connection with their husband and children so they can feel just deeply fulfilled in those super most important relationships. And so the topic of today's podcast is Your God-Given Beauty with Trisha Clark. But before we get started, I do want to share with you that I have created a free download called The Ultimate Guide to Guilt-Free Self-Care. It's a guide I'm really proud of, and it's going to help you take care of yourself in mind, body, and spirit so you can feel like your best self every day. And that topic goes just perfectly with the theme that our guest is here to talk about today. So you can visit my website, tinaheisman.com, to download that. And also, I do have a free private group on Facebook that you can come to get inspiration for your life. It's called A Life Designed, and it's actually a happy place on Facebook. So you don't have to be afraid to come join us in there. All right, so let's dive in and talk about your God-given beauty with Trisha Clark. And I am so excited to be joined by Trisha. Trisha is someone I would call a friend. I think we've known each other for about five years now. Do you know this? At yeah. least. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm terrible with that. But we're both in a Christian women's speaking group. And I would say Trisha is a very special soul. She's a delight. She is professionally a makeup artist. Um, but personally, she is a daughter and a wife and a sister and a mom to the most adorable Jack. And if he were not at camp right now, we would probably get to meet him and he would tell us a joke and it would be super fun. But he's busy at camp. It's band camp. Is it today? Band camp? Yeah. So Jack is at Beatles camp and you absolutely would see him on camera if he was here. So it's, it's good that he is there. Uh, yeah, I was not ready when I dropped him off on Monday. I feel like I dropped off my little boy and I came back and he was in a room with middle and high school girls and he looked at me and he goes, hey guys, should we take it again now that my mom's here and counted him off and the band played and I, I, we're just in a season of change and I think mama hearts always have a hard time catching up when you see big growth in your kids. <laughs> I totally agree. And that brings even tears to my eyes. And I love that. And it's so Jack. He's like such a little man, you guys, you have to meet him someday. You'll pop over to Trisha's Instagram, which we'll share with you. You'll meet him. Okay. So about Trisha, she is someone who is striving to make this world a more joy-filled place. And she does that on her Instagram and YouTube. And she also teaches Zoom makeup classes. She teaches women how to use simple makeup tools to enhance their confidence and embrace their God-given beauty. And that's what I love about Trisha. And I think you can see even from looking at her, um, you know, makeup, her, using makeup as just a way to enhance the beauty that God has already given us, not to cover up or run or hide and, or be someone else. And so really, Trisha's had the opportunity to work alongside a lot of brilliant entrepreneurs during her time. She was an event producer for a while. She was a makeup store manager. And now she spends a lot of her time as a bridal makeup artist, which those pictures are gorgeous on Instagram. Thanks. Welcome. And she has her own podcast called Tea Time with Trish. And so you totally have to check that out. And she, on her podcast, she highlights other creative people who she says are united by a common thread, which is using their talents 
in the time that they've been given to share their light in what can feel like a dark world. And I just love that. We need lots more light in this world. So when Trisha's not sharing her makeup tips or motherhood joys and fun stories about Jack over tea, you can find her having dance parties in her living room, complete with a disco ball. And she really is that fun, I swear. And also trying new recipes in the kitchen. Also all the cooking, yes. So welcome, Trisha. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. I'm so glad to be here. And I think it's funny, but also just real life that you are seeing me without a lot of makeup today because... I think it's funny how the journey of getting to use makeup better has led me to feel more confident with less makeup on. Um, and I'm just excited to go through some of the things that we're going to share today. Good. Me too. So the first question I have for you then is um, kind of a little bit of a summary, I guess. I asked you if you would come on my podcast and share with the world what in your heart you most want the world to know. What is that? Uh, the biggest message on my heart is that I want women to live loved. And the theme that kind of plays into that is this idea that we're loved by the God that made us. We have a creator God who made heaven and earth and made each one of us and cares for each one of us as his daughters. And what makes us special as humans is that we are embodied spirits. So we are spirit in a physical body, and we have to care for all aspects of ourselves in order to be healthy. And I think a lot of times when you hear someone say that, it's from the angle of a fitness influencer, and I am by no means <laughs> um, a fitness influencer, but ironically, I have started to be more mindful of caring for my physical body because of the work that I've done in the last few years, not just from when I started as a makeup artist, but really since I became a mom. And that's when I started being more concerned about what it means to live wholeheartedly and what it means to live loved. Because for me, when I had Jack and felt that intense mother love was when I think I really kind of got back to a strong faith and then built an even more solid faith and have been really accepting and understanding God's love for me. And then that lets me share with other people. And so when I teach it, when I'm teaching, I sum it up by sharing with different women's groups and moms groups, this idea that, you know, we have the messages from the world that will tell us you can work out regularly. You know, you need to eat well, you have to have a great wardrobe, know how to do your makeup. But if you just focus on that, on the physical things and the outward stuff, and you neglect your spirit, you won't have a life worth living. You'll just have an Instagram highlight reel. Um, and then you'll probably feel unfulfilled and unsatisfied because you're just taking care of all the surface level stuff. But then on the flip side, you can read your Bible. If you're a person of faith, you can spend time in prayer and contemplation. But if you only take care of inner things and you don't figure out how to wear clothes that you feel confident in and you don't learn how to fix your hair or do your makeup in a way that lets you be comfortable with how you look, then you won't go out and live your life. So we have to do, we have to be mindful of all those things together. And I know that your work too, you talk about a life design, it's mind, body, and spirit. We Like I just come back to that idea, we're humans, we're both. So we can't neglect one part and think that it'll be okay. We have to be mindful of all of it. Yeah, so true. Where did this kind of passion for this come from for you, would you say? 
Yeah. So the passion for makeup, I don't ever remember not loving it. And I'm a child of the nineties and, and of the eighties too, if we're being honest. And so I had a caboodles full of makeup from a very early age and would anyone who was willing, I would give them a makeover. <laughs> um, so that is a very deep seated passion, but I, like you mentioned, I had kind of a varied career. And then when I started working in a makeup store, I got to see firsthand how skills with makeup were something that women wanted and maybe didn't know how to ask for it or felt bad asking for help. But then when they, when that piece of the puzzle clicked for them, it impacted a lot of other parts of their life. So that was a really good introduction to it. And then I distinctly remember a conversation with a good friend of mine. So I was running a makeup store. I was pregnant with Jack and she was trying to tell me, once you have Jack, you are not going to do your hair anymore. You're not going to wear makeup. You're not going to care about what you look like. It doesn't matter anymore. And I remember thinking, I'm pretty sure I will care. Like I can't imagine not wanting to take care of me at all. And so was she right in the sense that priorities shift when you have a child? Yes. Um, could I have anticipated how tired I would be? No, like <laughs> things changed once Jack was born, but I would feel so much better and have a much better day on the days when I would take time to put together an outfit that was comfortable, but I could still leave the house in. So I would call it day PJs. Like I would take off my night PJs and put on day PJs, which were comfortable enough to take a nap in, but could also like go for a walk. And I would put some makeup on. And as, the, as I was seeing friends after becoming a mom, I, I just distinctly recall interactions where people would say, well, you don't, you don't look so bad. Like you look pretty good. And I thought, well, yes, cause I'm like taking five minutes to put makeup on. And the more I talked to women, I realized there's something that we need to not fix. Isn't really a good word, but there I'm concerned with the cultural images that women get where it's like, once you become a mom, you just let it all go. Um, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't take care of yourself. And Yes, do we have to care for our children and always be serving our children who are dependent on us? Yes, but there's a difference between serving your family without neglecting yourself. And so in it started in those early months and that's when I recorded my first YouTube video, which when I look back on it, it's kind of cringy, but I just wanted to get the information out there because it was like, look, I'm spending less than 10 minutes, but I look like I'm sleeping and I'm not. So here's, here's how you can do that too. And then it's only those ideas have just, been reinforced as I've gone through motherhood and continuing to work with clients on a one-on-one -on -one basis um, to just share that. Like, hey, you are still you, you still are worthy of care. And then if you take care of yourself, not for superficial reasons, but because you are showing love to yourself because you know how truly loved you are by God, then guess what? You have more energy to go and do the things that need to happen to serve your family or to do your job well, like all the different parts of our lives will, we will live them more joyfully when we don't feel like it's drudgery and stuff we have to do. So I get on a soapbox because I think sometimes people think, well, it's just makeup or, you know, what's the big deal? And it's like, well, it is a big deal because it can be the first step towards acknowledging that you are worthy of love. That's huge. Yeah. It is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. It is. And I think, 
you know, we talk about sometimes like, you know, moms, we become kind of martyrs sometimes when we're not taking care of ourselves, right? Like we just like sacrifice everything for our family and the, we think we're doing the right thing or think by serving and not maybe taking care of ourselves. Although we don't do that intentionally. We just focus all, we just don't focus on it. We focus on all the other people. But what happens is we don't have, like you said, the joy. We don't have the, I don't think even connection with God. We have a lot of resentment. I feel like we're not present in our moments. And you talked about confidence. I mean, there's really like actually spending the time and in it, I think it gives you more time in your life because of how it makes you feel. Yes. And there's a wonderful illustration. There's that old saying, you can't pour from an empty cup, but there's a visual that I keep in my mind. And some days I need to hold it more present than others, but it's the image of a vase. And if you want to pour into people's lives around you. If you try and just always be pouring and tipping out into your spouse or your kids or your job or your friends, whatever, you will wind up with an empty vase because all you've done is like tip out and share and and run around and kind of run yourself ragged. If you are a vase that is placed firmly and securely on a table, which is I in my mind, I envision it as being like foundation of life in Christ. And then you are filled up with Jesus, who's the living water. Then that, once you stay firmly supported, it will stay filling up your vase and your vase will overflow into the lives of people around you, but you stay filled up. So you're not pouring, you're not dribbling a drop over here and like splashing over here and and becoming empty and exhausted. You are full and you're full of overflowing love and contentment. And then you can serve joyfully all the people around you. I have chills right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that illustration. It really is helpful to think of that. Like, yes, I want to overflow. I want to share with people around me. I want to serve them. But I, I mean, almost, I'm sure everyone listening knows you can't, you can't do that when you're depleted. You just can't. I know. So true. And the thing I run into a lot with what I hear from women, tell me what you hear too, is just like a lot of excuses for why, you know, I can't spend that time because. I have this, 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 and this, and just, they get stuck in the excuses. Do you find that? I do. And, and so I like to talk about, and I don't think I have this all in one place. So you're giving me ideas for good um, podcasts and blog posts, but I think we just need to creatively approach how we do care for ourselves because you might not have the bandwidth. Like we did not have childcare when Jack was little. Um, And so you, it's, The goal is not to have time away from your kids so that you can take care of the stuff that would make you feel better. Um, I like to approach it as like, let's be creative. And if there's something that would help my, you know, make me feel better about myself that would then improve my outlook, let's think about what some creative things are. So there was many times when I would take my little bag of makeup, because I think the makeup that you should do for every day should be able to fit in a small bag. And I would do it at the kitchen table while Jack had breakfast. He's a slow eater. So I would be done and he would still be eating. And I would just bring my makeup bag and sit there because then I was with him. Um, Makeup doesn't have to be done in the bathroom or in your bedroom. Like take it with you and do it where your kid is safe and contained. I I realized that I did not like looking down at my toes when they weren't painted. 
I didn't have the time or the money to go get professional pedicures. I love them. When I was a makeup store manager, I was there all the time. But life, life after full-time employment meant being creative. And I realized I could paint my toes at night and then they could dry while I was washing the dishes. Like I could put sandals on and go wash the dishes in the kitchen. And then the other thing I would do was, you know, it's funny now because Jack takes a shower by himself. It's like totally independent. Um, but when kids are little and you have to be in the bathroom with them, I would just keep the stuff to do like a face mask in right all together. And so while he was in the tub, I would put a face mask on. And it, it, again, it's not about like, oh, making time to do a face mask or making sure your toes look good. It was signaling to myself at the end of this busy day, I am worthy of love and care, just like my child is worthy of love and care. And then when you catch sight of some of the fruits of your labors, like looking down at your toes or seeing yourself in the rearview mirror and not feeling like you look, you know, I could come up with a colorful expression, but just, you know, less than attractive. Um, it just is a little boost every time instead of a little dig at yourself every time. Yeah, that's really huge. And I love just for every woman, it might be something different, right? You know, that there could be a woman who maybe she's um, in the bathroom doing some journaling. They probably like journaling, probably not too in depth if you have a, a kid in the tub, but you know what I mean? Like, so we can all personalize it and find those little bits of time to do you know, what works for us, but um, yeah. like I saw her working out while her kids were swinging. And I was like, yes, that's making her feel better today. Like get your movement in. And there, I, there's someone else who said like, make your kids screen time work for you. If you need time to read and you don't get time anymore, don't let the screen time be when you clean a bathroom, clean the bathroom while they're in the tub and you're in there <laughs> screen time to read or call and call a friend. Like you're, you're so right, Tina, like use, use the time that you have and be creative to do what fills you up. And that looks different for every person. Yeah, totally. And I love to like, kind of what we're talking about is, is really what you teach. And that is helping women take care of themselves holistically. Right. And so yeah. you have a few different ways that you do that professionally in your life. Will you share with us different ways that you do that? Yeah. So I have on Instagram when I can, which I feel like in the summer is not as often, but it just allows me to connect in real time by doing an Instagram live and doing my makeup and showing, you know, what you can do in five minutes and taking questions from people. Um, I, the podcast is growing a little bit right now. It's mostly an interview format, but I'm going to do some short episodes to just talk about, um, little thing like cover topics that I get asked a lot. And I, I think a podcast format is easy for people to refer back to. And then um, I'm really enjoying teaching Zoom lessons. And now that things are kind of calming down face-to-face -face lessons because, because the makeup skills are skills that people want. But I also, um, I find a lot that women tend to call out their own flaws uh, I see this almost every weekend when I work weddings, like people sit down and they'll tell me what they don't like and what they want me to quote unquote fix instead of saying like, Hey, I really love my eyes. So I'd like you to empathize that. Um, and I think the fact that I encounter stuff like that so much means that it, a lot of people are dealing with it. And so I just, I want to put the tools in people's hands so that they have them. Um, and I will do that however, however I can. Yeah. 
I love what you just said. And it is such a, um, it is such a thing of how we women look at ourselves, right? Like we look at the thing we don't like and want to like fix it or cover it up or make it go away instead of what do we like? What do I like about me? Yep. And I, one of the things that I'm trying to do is diversify who I'm looking at and who I'm getting like beauty inspiration from and looking to women a few seasons ahead of me. Um, and people that I know in real life. And there's something else that I talk about when I am with moms groups is saying like, if you were lucky enough to have a, a mom who was a great example to you, then that's wonderful. But if you didn't, Think of someone who you can have as a mentor figure, even if they don't like physically come and mentor you. Um, And I think the same goes for beauty too. Like if my, if I was just consuming images of Instagrammers and YouTubers and things like that, that were significantly younger than me, not to even mention all the manipulation that people do to images with filters and Facetune and things like that. But if I'm just looking at people that are in a, in a you know earlier season of life with way different resources and thinking that that's what I am supposed to look like or that's the standard that I'm trying to measure up to, um, my self-esteem would be in the toilet. And I think women do that about appearance and we do it about homes and we do it about kids. And so I want us to be aware of like, we, we drink kind of from a funnel every day whenever we go into the social media streets. And so I just want to be mindful of what I am taking in and what I'm letting affect how I view myself and my marriage and my home, because what we see online, if you can let certain things inspire you or motivate you, that's great. But I think more of us fall into the comparison trap. And then all of a sudden, whatever we have in our life is not good enough. For sure. For sure. So many things with that. So true. I was thinking about, um, just you've been in makeup in the makeup industry to like really since before social media or the beginning ish of it before. And, and now like, what have you seen like that has changed as, as over this time of being a professional makeup artist, Oh, she's got something big. I can see it. Well, because again, it's a social media can be a great way to connect with people and it can be a great way to learn things. And so I love that it's let me connect with women all over the country. I taught a lesson with a woman in North Dakota two weeks ago and it was amazing. And she found me on Instagram. So it's great, but you're right. I started when I was working for benefit cosmetics, people would come in and they, uh, aside from um, magazines, they're, they didn't have beauty experts in their everyday life. So they would come into the store and say like, I need to learn how to do eyeliner. Can you help me? Or I'm going to a wedding. I need a new lipstick. What would you recommend? And maybe they would look to movie stars for kind of inspo looks, but I just am remembering I worked near um, a big college campus. And so girls would come in and they would just say things like, I'd love a smoky eye or I'd love a bright lip. But now when we sit you know, when I work a wedding, a bridesmaid will show me a filtered picture from Pinterest or Instagram. And there's so many layers to pick through of like, why, why this image is not what we should be aiming for. And, and there, I mean, there's the separate tension of me wanting to like talk with someone and explain like, let's not even look at that. (laughs) I want your self-esteem to be intact by the time this is done. But, um, I sidebar myself. So I have to like come back to the original question, 
But so what has changed is that we are just, like I say, drinking from a fire hose of images. I think that if you just thought about how much we're inundated with on a daily basis, that is the biggest thing. And it's hard to keep the, like the, the checks in place to go, hang on. I don't know what this person looks like in real life. Um, and because I talk about this with my makeup artist friends, we know, guess what? Every skin has texture. Every skin has pores and like, you know, peach fuzz and things like that. So we know when we look at these pictures, even that person doesn't look like that. <laughs> they just don't like even on their best day, even with good skincare or plastic surgery or whatever else. So the, the shift of what's real or then like what is attainable for real women, um, we're seeing it more and more. And I wish I could say it's getting better, but I, I don't think it is yet. And so it's like, I just want to tell everyone like you are so pretty. Okay. Let's, let's make you look like the best version of you. And I don't care who this like 19 year old you know person is that put on an hour and 20, not even 27, 75 different products. Let's just make you look like the best version of you. So to sum it up, it's just changed in that there's so much more out there for people to look at. And if we dig deeper, we like those images are to sell stuff. So it's to make people want to have procedures done or buy more things. It's not because we're trying to, um, you know, really help people. And so if we can remind women that don't hold yourself to that standard because it will, it's just self-defeating. Yeah. Did answer your question? Yes, it did. <laughs> your stories are always engaging and encouraging. I get fired up because I want makeup can be a great tool. And it's it's a privilege of my life to do someone's makeup and hold up, let them hold up a mirror. I get choked up thinking about it. And I I mean I just had a wonderful experience with a mom where she she said she didn't wear a lot of makeup. And I was like, that's fine. I a lot of women don't. Let's just make you look, you know, like the best version of you because you also don't always wear a sparkly dress and pose for 500 pictures. So we'll just match the occasion. But she was nervous. Her husband wouldn't like it. And she came back upstairs after her husband saw it. And she just said, I feel amazing. And he said, I look beautiful. And we're, I'm going to do a lesson with her in two weeks. Like when she emailed me to ask if we could do a lesson, I thought, ah, this is why I do what I do. But that's, that's what my goal is. It's not, it's not to want to change someone. And so, yeah. That's huge. Yes. And that, that's why I have you on here. Cause I wanted to see all your passion and your fire. Yeah. For what you do. <laughs> you know, and, and just that love, you know, that's like, a, just a selfless love that you have for women mm. and wanting to help everyone feel beautiful and their best. And it makes them happier in one person at a time that's how we change the world, right? Yes, it's so true. And I remember when I was little, my mom, you know, I'm the oldest of four kids and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and had a very, very, very limited budget to do anything for herself. But she was in a music group. And I, when people ask like, well, what made you actually want to do makeup? And I think if I go back to my very earliest memories, it's, I remember watching her go from like sweatpants snuggle mom, you know, to this beautiful creature who would go and sing. And I remember watching her perform and being so proud of my mom. And it's, and I knew that was her living out her passion. And so like, 
I want women to be able to figure out what is it that makes you come alive. And it's not that it's makeup. It's not that it, you know, it's not that you need to do your makeup to figure out what makes you come alive. But sometimes that can be the first step on the path to figuring out, oh yeah, this is something that truly lights me up and, and just, you know, lights that fire within me, makes me want to live a more passionate life. And it's important for moms to do that for themselves and then for their kids to see it because their kids' interests will be different, but they will have seen what it's like when someone lives, you know, holistically, fully 100% themselves, and that will inspire them in their own way. And we can't just, we can't read them a book to say like, follow your path and love God and all this stuff. It's like, we have to live it out for them, whatever that looks like for us. Yes. Yes. And you have a little saying where you talk about, um, word before world. And can you just talk about that? Yes. Thank you. You are really good at conversation and circling back. So I I just really go on tangents. So thank you. No, I just really love that. And I would love for, for the listeners and viewers to be able to hear. Yeah. So word before world is just this idea. And I think I got it from well-watered women, which is an Instagram account from a ministry by Gretchen Saffold. And so I, after I had Jack, I was number one, seeing that I felt better if I did my five minute makeup face, but I also was really kind of grappling with faith and things like that. And, and just was, I, I call it a thin place. Like when you're a mom, you're in a thin place and the realm between the physical and the spiritual is very tight. And I remember nursing him in the middle of the night and just like thinking through the big questions of life. And the only thing that kept me tethered was to try and get to know God better. And so I started with a very simple Bible study called Jesus Calling. And it's like a daily devotional. Um, And it's great if you are new to Bible studies. And I did it for two years. I just did the book through two times. Um, but I, in addition to realizing that I felt a little better, if I did a little bit of makeup, I felt even better if I started the day in the word of God before I went out into the world. And I still, you know, it's a, it's a discipline. We say it's a spiritual discipline to spend time in God's word and to spend time in prayer. And I admit like in the summer, just a couple of weeks ago, I totally slept in that discipline. And I will notice it after a few days. It's like, well, I'm feeling a little bit uncalibrated. I wonder why it's because I'm trying to do things from, you know, my priorities are not ordered because I'm not spending time in the word before I go out into the world where we have all this stuff coming at us. And I especially have to do it word before world. And that doesn't just mean leaving your house. It means like before you open up Facebook and look at where everyone is on their fun vacation or whatever else. So Word before world is just, uh, it's a grounding thing to help me remember like what's really important in my life. All the other stuff you can take away, but if my relationship with God isn't the core thing that's important, then all the other stuff just, you can't, you can't keep it ordered. It'll just be a jumble and you feel unsettled. Yeah. Have you ever heard um, the way Lisa Turkhurst describes that is, um, she says that she exchanges whispers with God before shouts with the world. I have not heard that, but I like that a lot. So same, same thing, same, but different, but, and I do the same thing, you know, it's, it can be hard not opening up those text messages or that Facebook before, but 
I just think like there is nothing anyone else has to say to me more important than what God has to say to me first. And I know if I start there, I'll be able to handle whatever else comes at me throughout the day. Yes. I will have the inspiration coming from God. And I, I remember when I was first starting to share with friends that I was doing that and they're like, oh, I'm too tired in the morning, I, you know, or, and even now I'll think like, well, I'm not fully awake. So I'll get my day started and I'll stop and I'll come back and do it later. But the point is not always intense study or an hour of time. It's like, it's just making God your priority and So, I mean, when Jack was little, it was like, that's when I would turn on the TV and then I'm in the same room with him and, you know, you can put your phones in or whatever, but I love that Lisa Turker saying like whispers with God before the shouts of the world, because we know we're going to get, we know we're going to have a lot to deal with. And if you can just start in that place and it circles back to like accepting that there's a loving creator at the center of the universe who made all of us. And yeah, if if we're not spending time with him, then how do we expect to go through all the noise and chaos without feeling overwhelmed or discouraged and yeah. everything else? And it supports that vision that you shared with us of being that vase that's firmly planted on the table mm-hmm. and just filling up with Jesus and letting it overflow, right? Because otherwise yeah. we're just going out in the world trying to do it ourselves. And that's exhausting and yeah. always successful. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's, you know, there's some, there's other messaging right now that says like, you're enough. And I think we are enough when we're in Christ, because I know from personal experience, when I've tried to do things by my own strength or my own endurance or my, you know, I like to think I'm a nice person, but that can run out. Um, (laughs) when when you're just trying to do it on your own, it's like, no, no, I mean, we're enough because we are loved, you know, Christ loved us enough to die for us. And, and that knowing that there was that sacrifice, it's like, well then, okay, then I will come back to this relationship with the God who made me and it makes all my other relationships better. Yeah. Oh yeah. So good. Well, I could talk to you for like hours, but we won't do that to to everyone. (laughs) But, um, I, I think it would be appropriate to end with a prayer. And so I'll say a few words and I don't want to put you on the spot. If you would like to say a few words, you can, otherwise I can just wrap it up. And, um, I just thought, um, we would just pray like right now, Heavenly Father, thank you just so much for bringing Trisha and I together in our lives. Thank you for bringing us together to do this podcast episode to bless other women. We just want to follow you and your lead. And we just want to pray for all of the women in the world that they may come to know you and rely on you and rest in you and let their vases be filled up by you so that they may overflow into the rest of the world with your love. And we ask all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I couldn't say it better than that. Thank you, Tina. Uh, Thanks for what you do to get this message out to women and for, for living by example, because I've learned so much from you and how you live your life and then how you share honestly with others from a place of, um, of having walked down different paths and, and wanting, wanting to show people, a, you know, a better way to do life. It doesn't have, it's not that life won't be hard, but we don't have to be striving. We can live secure in his love. And I just am grateful for your example. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for being here and we will see you next week.